Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Excellent. I'm also joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you? Doing really good, Henry. Happy to be here. Excellent. Today is June 9th, 2023, and we're going to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This movie just came out a week ago. We all saw it on opening weekend, and we're going to talk all about it today. So um, before we get into spoilers, let's talk a little bit about anticipation levels um, how are we feeling before we saw the movie? Now, keep in mind, this movie was supposed to come out quite a while ago. It got delayed twice. So the original release date was way back in April 2022. Then it got pushed back to October 2022. And then finally, it actually came out this month, June 2023. So after all that time between Spider-Verse movies, I mean, there there were f- essentially five years between Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse. How were we feeling going into this movie? Uh, how about you, Perferio? You want to start with your anticipation level? Yeah, sure. I, you know, to be honest, I... I just did not have any anticipation going to this mm. movie. I was just kind of like, you know, I'll watch it when I watch it. You know, like the delays didn't affect me or anything. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that sucks or whatever. I'm just kind of like, it happens, you know, in times of COVID, you know, especially like with comic book flicks now nowadays, it seems like there's always like a pushback now. So yeah. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that sucks. But not gonna lie, yeah, going to it, I just kind of did not have that much excitement, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I just did not know what to expect. And even when the trailer came out, and you know, you see all these like spider folks in the trailer, you see Spider Man 2099, you see Spider Woman, you see um, Spider Gwen, and um, a whole bunch of other like, yeah, spider people, and it it, it it was a cool trailer, but yeah, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. It just seemed like Spider-Man 2099 was the bad guy in the sense and was just kind of right. like chasing Miles for some reason. Like how Miles was to blame for, I guess, I was thinking like um, to the events that happened in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And... um. Which was kind of disappointing because Spider-Man 29 was one of the Spider people I was looking forward to seeing. So to see him being portrayed as the bad guy, I was a little like, why? You know? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I guess like going in, I wasn't like as excited, I guess, as like you or Henry. Like you mentioned like in our movies that we were looking forward to, like this was like one of your like top of your list, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would have, yeah, I don't think this would have ever made, like, my top five, I think, mm. you know. 
but remember that as I would go back, we go into later talking to you because, yeah, this was just not on my radar for okay. movies to look forward to this year. Got it. Okay, Christian, how about you? Uh, I was definitely looking forward to this movie. Um, I really like the first one. Love the first one. Um, I definitely think it's like one of the, the best superhero movies ever. Uh, and I was excited to see like what they were going to do for the sequel. And um, I will say, I think like we, we have been getting a lot of multiverse lately. Um Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, everything everywhere at once. Uh, you know, we were six seasons of Rick and Morty, so on and so forth. Like, it definitely is like pretty hot. And so, well, uh, the I this is like kind of in the middle of like multiverse fever, you know. Especially after everything everywhere all at once, uh, won all these Oscars a few months ago. So the iron is pretty hot. This movie has been like, we talked about delayed a few times, COVID and, you know, probably many other factors in this movie. Um, But, you know, it's always good to see a new Spider-Man movie in the theaters. I think uh, another Spider-Man movie that everyone was like really anticipating, you know, no way home um, a couple years back. And, I think this this was a uh, it was it's nice to return to Spider Man is always like it's comfortable, you know you feel like you're at home uh, among friends, but also a lot of fun and excitement. So I was excited for this one. Right on, yeah, I'm with you, Christian. Uh, I too really love Into the Spider Verse. I agree, it is one of the best superhero movies ever. Period. You know. No qualifiers, animated, live action, whatever. It's just one of the best ever. No question. Um, And yeah, with the delays, like I was, it never, my uh, anticipation level never really wavered because um, I just could not wait to see uh, what was next in this story, right? I just just was craving it. So um, yeah. I, I was trying to temper my expectations and um, I would tell myself like, okay, into the spider verse is a pretty special movie, groundbreaking movie. Like they kind of broke all the rules and they really ran wild. And it was just kind of a special moment where everyone was exposed to this movie. That was like nothing we had ever seen before. Right. It was literally a comic book come to life. Right. Uh, so I knew that, you know, that the, the freshness factor wouldn't be there probably, you know, um, but, you know, I couldn't help, couldn't help, but be really excited to see what's next for miles and company here. Um, so yeah, I was highly, highly anticipating across the spider verse. I was very excited to see this one. And I think, uh, Preferio, you alluded to it. But uh, yeah, th- this one was my number one most anticipated movie of the year. It was actually my number one anticipated movie of last year also <laughs> before it got delayed. So two years running, my most anticipated. So finally got to see it. 
And uh, let's get into the movie itself. So now uh, let's give the spoiler alert because uh, we will be getting into plot spoilers, etc. For Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, so finally we all got to see it. We saw it together on Friday night. And um, yeah, I think <laughs> there's a lot to cover here. <laughs> Um, so we probably won't cover everything. We'll try to cover as much as we can. Um, but this movie is just chock full of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of visuals, a lot of information, a lot of characters, just a lot of everything. A lot of universes. <laughs> so yeah, there's just a lot coming at you. Um, so let's try to um, uh, get through this here. All right, so the pros. What was good about this movie? Anything we want to call out right off the bat here? What did you like about Across the Spider-Verse? Uh, you want to start, Christian? Yeah. Um, so I'd say let's let's start with the animation, I think. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. The visuals, the yeah. amazing visuals. I think this is honestly like the best animated movie i've seen you know as of now as of this point up to this point i've seen a lot of animation in my life but i i am um, and i don't think anything really come like comes close to what i've seen here the colors on display the the blending of different animation styles mm -hmm. and you could see in the like the first big fight against the vulture from say like the 1600s how he has this mm -hmm. like very brown, very different style of animation versus uh, Gwen's universe, which is very like watercolor, and yes. the way you see different like paints uh, flow into each other, and based on certain emotions with certain characters, uh, the colors will change in universe, which I thought was a really cool touch. It gives the universe like a very specific feel, and so it. It makes for awesome set pieces. It makes each universe feel unique because, of course, you have your main, you know, your main kind of Miles universe from the first movie, um, where everything has that like comic book style with like, yep. and you get to see that New York kind of feel to it. And then when they go to um, the like, I'm trying to remember, it's. Uh, Mumbatan, I think, is the yeah, name of uh, right. yeah. Spider-Man India. It's got a completely different sense of style to it. And when you see all these different Spider-Men come together, and they all have these different styles to each one of them, that it's like, you know, it's nothing short of amazing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, just, I loved the visuals. I think yeah. that alone almost like sells the movie. But of course, there's so much more. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Yeah, no, real quick. Uh you took the words right out of my mouth, Christian, because I literally wrote visually amazing. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh go ahead, Preferio. No, yeah, just piggybacking off what Christian said. Like I just agree. Like that's the first thing that that caught my eye was yeah, the animations. Like, you know, the first few scenes are like Gwen's universe. And like Christian said, it's like very like watercolor. And then like, you know, a few like minutes later we go to like miles universe where it's like that like um pop-up kind of 
like animation that we we saw in the first um spider-verse movie and so i just think that that's like it's very like homage i feel like to comic books you know like every comic book you read it just has its own style and this is just translated so well to like this like spider-verse animation um project and and like yeah like like christian said like when we went to like that um location where all the spider people were there were just so many different animations from spider people from their own universe that just like blended so well i don't i can't imagine how long it took like animators to create this universe and this like specific scenes because there's just so many types of animations being used there's even live action you know being used um and and you know there's even like a scene where there's like a lego spider-man you know Yeah, and so yeah like just props to the animators and all the visual artists who worked so like intelligently and smart in like blending all these effects together and the art yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys entirely here. Uh, I would add, too, that Not only does each universe have its own visual style, but the music, you know, is different in each universe too, right? So they really lean into each universe having its own personality, right? So, um, you know, in Earth uh, 1610, Miles' universe, uh, it's it, we were in familiar territory, right? It's the same... animation style is into the spider-verse it's very much a comic book a classic superhero comic book feel um hip-hop music um but then yeah gwen's universe earth 65 uh it's a painted look and uh, it's, it has a jazzy kind of music musical score and then i mean you know each universe has really its own personality and that was really striking so very very cool very cool um what else you know um i thought i might call out uh you mentioned christian the mumbatan stuff right uh the the india universe uh this is maybe my favorite stuff in the whole movie <laughs> it, it is so alive man the, the, this universe is it just pops off the screen And uh, there's probably the best action sequence happens here where a team of spider people uh, save a whole bunch of people. And um, it, it is it, it's, it's so fun. You know, we got Miles, we got Spider-Gwen, we got Spider-Man India. And they're doing Spider-Man shit. You know, they're, they're saving uh, people and, and they're doing it with style. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, it, I can't say enough. Um, what did you guys think of this scene, of the Mumbatton scene? Yeah, it definitely like it's like a bit of that classic Spider-Man feel. Like you're saying, it's just spider people say you know, doing Spider-Man stuff, saving people. Yeah. And it's cool to see like this like kind of new team form. It's also where you see uh, I think one of the standout characters of um I think the movie Spider Punk. Yes. Mm-hmm.
who is really cool and has his own like very cool unique style to him he ha- where he just feels like that like 70s punk album cover like um like the sex pistols you know mm-hmm. and yeah and the way the way like i think he you know he comes out on this hobie comes out on the screen rocking you know miles is a little jealous of him you know yeah. but like can't help but respect him because he's just so cool yeah i think um like the scene is like yeah the whole scene is great the set piece is great the action is great and it kind of brings into the the whole canon event um theme that they kind of delve into later with mm-hmm. uh the death of captain stacy mm-hmm. yes yeah which is yeah, it's a big moment for for spider-man even though it's uh I guess we do see it in Amazing Spider-Man 1. So we see it in a movie and it is referenced, but it's not it's like, oh man, I haven't thought about Captain Stacy being like a big event, the death in like who knows how long. It's not it's not really referenced and it's not I think it's not as iconic as, you know, what happens with Gwen Stacy, you know, later on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest moments in, you know, all of comic books. Yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting they refer to the death of the spider-verse captain we shouldn't just say captain stacy right because in this movie it's the death of a significant spider-verse captain right let's put it that way mm-hmm. um as as a canon event right uh, because you know to us it's somewhat significant but i don't know if it's one of the the key spider-man events of all time you know death of of uncle ben or you know death of gwen stacy etc etc right um so yeah but i mean for the purposes of the the plot of this movie you know it made sense for them to do that but it's debatable how significant that actual happening is right so who Uh, knows maybe that's something they'll go into later perhaps perhaps is it a canon event (laughs) is it it really important to the mythos (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you do Uh, see like a big like hole open up and they they have to do like a damage controls thing i guess so was was that ever uh like fixed that whole damage control thing i don't know i guess we'll see maybe we'll see in the next movie or is that still being handled because yeah if i remember correctly i don't remember they were still like working and they're like oh let's hope this gets like uh fixed oh what are you guys referring to when in the um what's 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 the spider verse in mumbai oh yeah, M- Mumbatten. Yeah. Uh, when you know like when they save um that spider-man's uh father you know mm-hmm. and yeah. then like they're like who was i think it was michael o'hara he was like you messed up like the spider-man like timeline you know by saving him you know and then like that universe is kind of like destructing you know and so then like all these like folks come and try to like you know like control it you know yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah that was left open as far as we know that universe is fucked right okay or or so spider-man 2099 would have us believe no have us believe right yeah. yeah according to miles you know you can fix stuff right nothing yeah. is like predetermined so there, there there's some differing philosophies going on 
in this movie, right? Uh, hey, before we get off Spider-Punk, though, I, I jotted this down as a big plus also. My vote for the coolest character in the entire movie is Spider-Punk. <laughs> he is so freaking cool. The look of him and just his demeanor, his attitude. And you guys know how much I love Miles Morales. And he is so cool, but he gets out cooled by Spider-Punk. I think Spider-Punk is just awesome. Um, he, he's he's a great addition to the movie. Uh, he's a surprise to me too that he's uh, he's British, right? He has this, this really cool UK accent mm-hmm. and uh, kind of um, lending toward what you're talking about, Christian, the whole sex pistols thing. Um, very, very cool. Okay. Um, hey, as long as we're talking about Miles Morales, I want to talk about Miles, Mor- Miles Morales. Um, big plus in this movie um miles morales is as likable as ever you know uh you can't help but cheer for this guy right you did it in into the spider-verse and you do it again in this movie i was just like i want this guy to win He, he just he's just that guy right um so there is a key moment at the end of the movie um, and this really stuck with me. And oh, this this kind of um, is what we we're talking about with the differing philosophies. So the, the essentially the main conflict of this movie is Spider-Man 2099's philosophy of the Spider-Verse versus Miles Morales's philosophy of the Spider-Verse, right? Um, so Spider-Man 2099, a.k.a. Miguel O'Hara, he thinks that order must be kept in the Spider-Verse. These quote-unquote canon events must be left as is. You cannot tamper with them. If you do, you will destroy that universe. It will not be the same. You will destroy the universe. And if you destroy enough of these universes, then the entire Spider-Verse will be destroyed. So he's super stressed out. He's like doing his best he's assembling all these spider people to maintain order in the spider-verse making sure uncle ben always dies making sure captain stacy or whatever captain always dies these canon events he wants to make sure that they always happen that make sure they always happen by any means necessary um miles morales different opinion right he's like uh he's the he's the uh the optimist he can fix anything spider-man can fix anything whatever he needs to do give it the old try he did it in into the spider-verse everyone told him he couldn't do it even his mentor peter b parker told him to to sit it out at the end what did he do he practiced showed up at the end saved the day right um so those are the two differing philosophies so but and not only is Miguel O'Hara saying Miles Morales must be stopped and we have to, we have to let these people die. You have to let, you know, your dad die because uh, yeah, the, a big plot point is uh, Jefferson Davis. Miles's dad uh, is getting promoted to captain and hence he becomes his universe's captain who is doomed. Right. So Miguel wants to let him die to maintain order in the Spider-Verse. And Miles is like, wait a minute, I can't let my dad die, right? Um, so not, not only is Miguel O'Hara telling him, sit it out, gotta let him die. 
there's an entire spider verse full of spider people telling him telling him he can't do it they're all trying to stop him right uh so uh so the big big huge key moment at the end of this movie is again spoiler alerts warning warning um miles is um it's on this train going like way in the sky it's a really wild scene and there's just tons of spider people going after him and and spidey 2099 telling him to stop and then yeah i I took this quote down miles says everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go nah i'm gonna do my own thing and when he says that and he jumps off the train to go back to his own universe i'm like fuck yeah that is quintessential miles morales this is what this character is all about it's what he's all about in the comics it's what he's all about in these spider-verse movies he is making his own decision he is taking responsibility for his actions and that that is just so miles morales i love it and not only is he making his own decisions it's part of who he is because of his family earlier in the movie his mom was telling him this right there was going to be people who are telling you you don't belong here and you just got to do your own do your own thing and he does and it's just a just a beautiful moment i love it so much and um yeah so for the whole movie i i was like rooting for this guy more than ever and then he has this incredible hero moment and i just love it so much so thoughts on miles what do you guys think yeah um i guess to to add to your point um miles like definitely has a nice big arc about uh except like acceptance like he wants to be accepted into the world of spider people you know at the beginning of the movie he's longing to see his friends he really wants to spread his wings as spider-man you know go out into the world and uh be a part of the society and when he kind of finds out more about it and joins it he thinks it's like everything he's ever wanted there's so many different people that are just like him whereas he you know at the beginning of the movie he was probably feeling a little bit trapped and lonely he gets just slightly exposed you know he really wants to go back and see gwen drawing pictures of her in his notebook and so it essentially he gets everything he's ever wanted but as you were talking about henry it kind of comes into conflict with that like optimistic ideology like in a way it's not who spider-man is this world of spider people Mm -hmm. don't live up to the ideal of who spider-man is where because miguel has to have his dad die is like the big plot point his family has to be sacrificed because to miguel being spider-man is all, all about sacrifice and how you can't have your cake and eat it too with great power comes great responsibility and you have to expect the responsibility of these sacrifices and miles as you were saying is the ultimate optimist he he wants to go his own way he wants to do his own thing as you said and so that puts him that really like puts him in conflict with 
the entire Spider-Verse. Yep. Uh, in such a great scene and a great chase sequence. Like, once that kind of comes in, the movie just keeps ramping and ramping up. Until, you know, um, I guess we already gave the spoilers, so he goes back to visit his mom, and in a, in a moment where he's truly strong, he he's fully accepted himself, who he is, and finally accepted the power and the responsibility to tell his parents because he realizes they're like, like you mentioned, his mom, his dad, they're the ones who made him strong. They're the ones who kind of gave him the optimistic outlook. So yeah, Miles had a really great arc in this. Miles was Miles was pretty great. This Definitely. was his movie where he really shined. He stepped yeah. out of Peter Parker's kind of shadow. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I, yeah, I go agree. ahead for you. Yeah. No, yeah, just uh agree with all you guys are saying. Like Miles, like really just like captured the spirit of like what Spider-Man is supposed to be, you know, if like just always want to do the right thing and just like be like, you know, like I'm not going to just stand by and let like like folks die, you know, even if it means like you know, like what everyone else is saying, you know, there has to be another way, you know, just always yeah. being like optimistic and everything, you know. Yeah. And I think also like I don't know, like I think what makes any Spider Man a good Spider Man is just like that whole like relate relate relatability. And I feel like that's just something that Miles is like being faced and challenged throughout the film. You know, like in the beginning of the film, he has like that conversation with his mom about like growing up and taking responsibility you know like kind of a sense like that it's, it's it was like a kind of like a different like phrasing of like great power comes great responsibility you know yeah and then um then that's shown again later on when like miles is you know um going against like what all these spider folks are telling him to do you know and even at the end Miles is just listening to his own inner self and just wants to, you know, save his dad, but also just kind of prove Miguel wrong that like folks don't need to die for like, for like this uh, predestined plan to just unfold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it, but it's a very Spider-Man moment, right? Not necessarily just Miles, right? It's just a Spider-Man thing to do. That that idea that there's always a way, you know, you can always save that loved one. You can make it happen somehow, right? So very cool. Okay, we can certainly continue talking about stuff we enjoyed, uh, but maybe we can start shifting the conversation a bit, maybe getting into some of the cons of the movie Anything I uh, didn't like so much about the movie? Anything we want to call out here? Uh, okay, like I I wouldn't say that was a bad thing for me, but I think one thing I want to call out that I guess like a lot of folks on social media were saying was that it was hard to hear the audio within the mm-hmm. film. 
like I've heard that, that was too. yeah like i've heard a lot of folks saying that on social media and i will admit the beginning did kind of like like the music um did kind of distract me from the dialogue but i wouldn't say it was like a major issue i feel like the the music and the dialogue complemented one another i think like you had alluded to this earlier henry how the music just kind of set the mood and energy for whatever universe they're in but it didn't distract me from what they were saying and stuff um but that's just my take i don't know what 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 do you guys think Well, uh, first off, I think I came across uh, what you're referring to, where there were actual audio problems with the movie that Sony actually had to fix. <laughs> um, I don't think we experienced any of that, fortunately. Um, Okay. but I've heard that there were actually like some audio problems at the beginning of the movie. Uh, so there's, there's that. Um, but what we were alluding to earlier, I think, was just the fact that This movie throws so much at you visually, Yeah. you know, sonically and just like plot and characters and just it just there's so much right um, that. Yeah, it's 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 hard to catch everything. And um, in a way, it's almost like a movie that you need subtitles for and a pause button <laughs> because You know, it's so hard to miss. It's so it's so easy to miss stuff, right? It it is. I feel like you need to watch this movie like at least like two or three times, Mm you -hmm. know. Yeah. And even then that might not be enough because there's just so much going Yeah. on. So I, I, you know, I think I have a bit of a problem with that because, you know, in our day and age where, you know, everyone is on streaming and everyone is like a nice TV and whatnot, um, we've gotten used to that pause button or the subtitles or whatever, but I feel like you shouldn't need these things to enjoy a movie. And when you're throwing that many Easter eggs at you, um, you're not going to be able to catch them all. Um, I understand, you know, we're living in a day and age where we just physically can't catch every Easter egg thrown at us. But um, I think this one maybe went, a little overboard with all this stuff so yeah there, there's that um how about you christian did you feel any like information overload with this Like yeah, I I could definitely see that during uh, I think during that like Spider Man Citadel scene where you mm see -hmm. all the spider people or when he's being chased, yeah and I think like it, it's like we all we read Spider Man we all know love Spider Man like and are familiar with all the characters and so there is a bit of a world's world going on where you want to pick out. you want to just sit and pick out your favorite spider people or like, okay, do I know that one, that one, that one? Oh, there's that one. Uh, and so like, but they'll only be on there for like, you know, less than a second. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. and you want, I think we were, we looked this up before <laughs> there's 280 different spider people in this movie. yeah. 95 of them have speaking lines. <laughs> that's that's Or insane. a speaking line. Yeah, That's that's like that's like less than half. Yeah, like, Yeah. there's And so that and that's many. still a lot, 95, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. So there's a lot, it's a lot to take in.
not to mention like you know some little vi- villain cameos other little spider-man mm-hmm. you know yeah. little moments here and there that yeah. where you want to be like ah that thing yeah um yeah. and yeah it, it, like I yeah towards the chase you know there is a bit of that where you kind of just want to like okay let me can I watch that again yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I guess that means you just got to get another ticket and go see it again <laughs> that's yeah. how that's watch how it in slow you. motion right <laughs> uh you know when it comes out yes uh-huh. okay so oh uh go ahead Preferio. I was I wanted to call it a plot hole that I didn't think of until mm. you you kind of called out the scene earlier, Henry. Okay. So, you know, the whole philosophy that Mike Miguel has, you know, is that like someone close to you, you know, has to die to complete like this like Spider Man, you know, uh mythos, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like like you know, like being your dad or an Uncle Ben or an Aunt May or a best friend, whatever, like uh, someone close to you, you know, but it's mentioned within the, uh, the, like Miguel says that like Miles was never meant to be a spider person mm-hmm. within that, within his universe. Cause there was already the Chris Pine, um, Spider-Man from the first film, you know, it was right. an accident right but he's saying like miguel is saying that miles's dad is going to be promoted to captain so he has to die yeah but now that i think back i'm like but why does he have to die if he (laughs) never was meant to be spider-man in the first place Mm -hmm. i just i honestly did not (laughs) catch that yeah 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 yeah. until you were talking about this earlier like you know like 20 minutes ago yeah well now you're thinking like miles morales you're like it doesn't have to be like that we 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 like create our own destiny we make our own choices right just because you think certain a certain way it doesn't have to be like that right so like i guess miguel o'hara's thinking is that okay miles morales should not have become his universe's spider-man he did and it was this anomaly. Um, but I think he's thinking, regardless of that, Jefferson Davis becoming this police captain needs to happen and he needs to die. Re- regardless of who Spider-Man is um, mm. in, in that universe, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, for example, um, Captain Stacy dies in the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man universe. He's not related to Peter Parker, right? Um, But according to Miguel O'Hara, he must die because it's part of the Spider-Man mythos. So um, look, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think the more we talk about this, it makes sense for Miles to think the way he thinks, right? Because there's a lot of holes in these in in uh Spider-Man 29 29's theory, right? Like, okay, I'm this anomaly, so I'm just crashing the party. What I do shouldn't really matter, right? So I'm gonna do my thing, right? So I, I think he has it makes sense for him to think that way. Miles is like I it it just fits the character. 
like to, to think that way. Like, oh, I'm an anomaly, so I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> what are you guys do your thing? I'm gonna do my thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It also makes me wonder. Like, we only like Miguel O'Hara only comes in like like past the halfway mark of the movie, like or around the halfway mark. So there's mm -hmm. still a lot we don't know about him. He talks about how mm. he destroyed an entire universe because yeah. he tried to get what he want in a different one. Yep. But maybe there's more than meets the eye to him. Maybe there's something he's hiding Ooh. and maybe we'll get more of his backstory, why he thinks that way. Or maybe we'll see, start seeing some holes in, mm. in that, in, in his line of thinking in the next movie. Yeah. Oh, interesting so, take. Yeah. I think you might be onto something Perfirio where right. yeah. maybe that maybe but maybe it's it's a plot development. Maybe that's something that they'll go over, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So that'll be the big question for the next for uh part two. The sec yeah, the next part. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. So let's talk about the cliffhanger. So I think this is kind of the big elephant in the room, I think, um, because it was pretty jarring. So we've given numerous spoiler alerts, but again, spoiler alert. Um, how does this movie end? This movie ends on a huge, big old cliffhanger. And um, it's one of those cliffhangers where it's like, you just kind of want to scream no because you really want to continue watching the story and it, it just ends and you have to wait a year. You just have you just have to sit and take it, right? <laughs> um okay, so a little bit of plot around this um so in my mind the the movie really should have ended with the scene I was talking about where Miles has this moment, he realizes I'm going to do my thing, escapes the spider people, goes back to his own universe, right? Um, you could have some post-credit stuff going on, but I think that would have been the perfect way to end this movie. But the way they chose to do this was after Miles escapes, all the spider people there is a good i don't know 20 30 minutes more of this movie mm -hmm. and um we get a lot <laughs> so uh we get uh the resolution of spider gwen's story uh where she has this really good conversation with her dad um so i don't want to get too much into that um but we also see Miles seemingly return to his universe, but plot twist, as it turns out, he isn't in Earth 1610, his home universe, but rather Earth 42. So Earth 42 is not his home universe. It is the universe where the spider that bit him came yeah. from, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so in a uh, technology mishap, he is sent to that universe instead of his home universe. And um, this universe is 
like his universe. It looks like it. Is that kind of comic book feel to it, but maybe a little bit darker. A uh, kind of cool aesthetic to it was that there were a lot of purple and greens in it. And as a Marvel Comics fan, you know that purple and green is bad news because <laughs> the villains always wear purple and green. Um, but it was a little darker, a lot of purples, a lot of greens. So as a little bit of a clue, something's a little off here. And sure enough, um, there are no... There is no Spider-Man in this universe. And um, Jefferson Davis is deceased in this universe. And there is another Miles Morales in this universe. And um, that's essentially the cliffhanger, right? Uh, Earth 1610 Miles discovers uh earth 42 miles and this miles is evil he's that universe's prowler right um so that's basically the cliffhanger we're left on there and uh <laughs> it's definitely a moment where you're like i want to see more and the movie just ends and you're just like what the fuck man <laughs> so i was pretty peeved at, at that in the moment and I continue to be pretty annoyed by how this movie ended. Um, what do you guys think? How did you guys feel about how the movie ended? Well, I would have said the perfect ending was would have been um, a little bit after where you're saying, you know, when um, Miguel, uh, Scarlet Spider, and Spider Woman go into Miles' universe, and then, like there's like a scene where like they all kind of overlook a building in Miles' universe, and Miles is trying to like is in his room, and Gwen's back in her universe. I feel like that would have been a perfect perfect ending to just be like, what's gonna happen next? You know, like Miles is on the run. Mm, yeah, you know. And so I think that would have been a perfect ending, but the way they ended it, um, like you said, like I was like, oh man, they're still like it's still going. How are they going to end it? So when that whole situation came up, I was like, okay, like this is um, this is this is wild. I would have, I don't think in my like theories or whatever, I would, I don't think I would have ever had thought that, you know yeah. that. That yeah. there was like an evil Miles, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that ending, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't think it annoyed me as much as it seems that it annoyed you, Henry. <laughs> okay. But but that's good. I, <laughs> but I will say, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm ready to watch the next one for sure. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's I want to see what's going to happen, how they're going to fix this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Christian? What do you think? Yeah. Like I'm very conflicted on how I feel about the ending. Um, Cause I think like on one hand you do kind of get like, like we were talking, I mentioned earlier, like miles kind of has a nice finish to his arc where he tells his mom, he's Spider-Man. But there's a bit of dramatic irony that they kind of throw you where it's not really his mom. And then it's not his universe. And 
um you find out you get the little twist at the end where he's the prowler or this miles is the prowler setting up the fight ending on that like kind of comic booky how will the superhero get out of this trap cliffhanger um mm -hmm. but at the same time i see what you guys are saying how it feels it almost feels like the more satisfying ending probably came when they were uh you know what feels like 20 minutes before that yeah now it just feels like oh it, it feels like it keeps going into what would probably have been part two yeah um and i feel that like part of the problem was that they took away the part one they probably should have kept part one <laughs> in the title because I, yeah. it seemed yeah. like i heard i read online that a lot of people were confused that may have didn't catch it initially like we yeah. all saw that it said part one and we kind of remember that yeah but they they got rid of it and if and i think a lot of general audiences weren't expecting that and so i think they got they felt like they were burned a bit by it mm -hmm. and this movie really does feel like a part one of a movie it doesn't feel yeah, yeah. like say Avengers infinity war or mm -hmm. like the empire strikes back that ends on a bit of a cliffhanger but still feels like a complete movie yes it, there's like a central question that uh infinity war answers will thanos get this get the infinity stones and do the snap right and it answers that question and the bit and then of course leaves it well the avengers lost lost pretty bad how are they going to <laughs> rectify yeah. you know thanos doing this yeah but it does yeah. leave you in it but it kind of does there's kind of a clean break between infinity war and endgame yeah like there's yeah. a clean break between empire strikes back and return of the jedi yeah yep whereas yeah. this is very much it feels like you watch two acts of a movie and you didn't you you're like you didn't get your third act yet you know yeah yeah I think uh, one issue I do have the movie probably a little more than the ending. I think the beginning's a little too slow. They really take the time building the pieces. There's mm -hmm. a lot of time spent in Miles' universe with his family, and they really want to like have that family drama. And mm -hmm. I think you know, I when we would probably see the second movie, this big third act that's coming, a lot of that'll probably flow a lot better. Like I imagine this movie flows really, really well if you see them both back to back together as like a double feature. But as it stands, you know, it doesn't really feel like we saw the full movie. And so that's always why it's like, ah, you feel a little burned because of how much of a cliffhanger this is. Also, mm -hmm. because the movie's just so good, you just really want to see what's next. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So that's the conflict. It does yeah. you do see a bit of a resolution. Of course, for Gwen, I'm I don't think I'd cut Gwen's resolution with her dad, where Peter or not Peter, Miles's um resolution with his mom and the twist there, you know, maybe that could be the third <clears throat> or the second movie, part two, um, of Across the Spider-Verse. But at the same time, they do show that he was going to universe verse 42 when um when they're showing him like about to transfer universes there's a little it's quick i missed it but mm. people online caught it and that's where mm -hmm. i saw that they oh they showed that i kind of do remember seeing that and so uh, and i'm wondering if they wanted to keep that 
twist in the movie because they knew if they didn't like if they cut it off there that people would kind of guess it and it wouldn't be a big twist like people would probably know in the interim they'd see it again hey wait a minute he's not going back to his correct universe yeah i wonder if the audiences would pick it up but who knows maybe that in another universe maybe that is a better idea yeah that audiences would keep talking about this movie because that they would they would pick up the hints in this movie so that's a question i mean of course that's another universe right there because that's not the movie we saw yeah so like i said i'm very conflicted how i feel about that ending the way it just cuts yeah 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 uh definitely good takes christian uh just furthering on that a bit um i don't think they should have taken out all the earth 42 stuff entirely but i'm thinking a post-credit scene would have been perfection man you end the movie on the climactic spider-man chase and escape and then post credits you see miles seemingly home and then you get to see evil prowler miles i was like what the fuck and then you end the movie and then oh god it'd be ooh, ooh yeah, yeah. Just, it would hit so hard and yes you would be you would be craving more and you're like, I got to see that, but it, it wouldn't leave you with this cheated feeling of like, I didn't see a complete story. Um, so I really like what you're talking about with infinity war and empire strikes back, because I think those two movies are great to compare it with. Right. Um, original star Wars trilogy, spider verse trilogy and um, the infinity war and Endgame series right um i've always had a bit of an issue with both empire strikes back and infinity war because they're you can't really have them a hundred percent standalone right because you have to have the next chapter in the story right you have to have return of the jedi you have to have Endgame. but like you're saying christian they both both of those movies, I think, told a complete story. You got a beginning, middle, and end. You know, like, if you're watching Infinity War, you're thinking this is the Avengers story. But it's actually the Thanos story, right? So if you if you think of Thanos as the main character, it definitely is a complete movie, right? He gathers the stones. He snaps. He defeats the Avengers, right? Done. End of movie. And maybe you don't even need end game right <laughs> if you're a thanos fan that's it that's the end of the story um but yeah okay so yeah you know there's a bit of like in- incompleteness there you need that next chapter but like i'm like i said i i do feel like a full story was told here i i feel like you're not getting it um the whole naming uh across the spider-verse part one that was the original name of this movie they decided to scrap the one. It's funny. I, I have some Across the Spider-Verse merch. I have a Miles Morales figure. And at the top, it says Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. It's it's the old branding. <laughs> they, they released the merch before they changed the title of the movie. Um, when they changed the title of the movie, I was pretty excited because I'm like, good. 
because that tells me this must be a standalone movie. And then part three is its own movie also. Right. But you know what? They 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 cheated us. It it should be called part one because it it just does not work as a standalone movie. It needs a part two. Right. And it really feels that way at the end. It just you feel like you're left with just half of the story. Um, and uh, yeah, I I, you know, I said it before, but um, it is pretty annoying. <laughs> okay, um, so I think there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, we can just kind of freeform it at this point. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. Any just random thoughts about Across the Spider-Verse? Okay, I want to like ask a question and it wasn't. I didn't think about it until it was brought up to me, but I guess, like, I mean, you, we all know who the character Gwen Stacy is, Spider-Gwen, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. But then I guess, like, if, again, it's, like, one of those, like, because there's just so much different details going on, so it's, like, a really, like, blinking you miss it moment. But I guess, like, there's, like, um, a little, like, detail in one of the first scenes in Spider-Gwen's world where she has like a like protect trans kids poster hanging on her wall and Mm. I guess like even her dad is hanging like a or has a little pin on his police suit and so there's like like these like little like queer like nerdy superhero groups are just like wondering whether or not Spider-Gwen is trans mm. and again because I mean we know like that's the, the costume's colors but like she does like have those colors of the trans flag um, mm. I don't know what do, what do you think like is it just too far-fetched or just Spider-Gwen being an ally <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, that if not that, then maybe she's just an ally. I think both could be in the realm of possibility. And I think it's okay to think either way, right? And I think they leave it open. You know, you you could consider one or the other. So I think it's kind of cool. I've also heard um, rumors that her Peter Parker um, was trans. Really? I didn't... Yeah, I've heard rumors of that. I mean, there's nothing really supporting that, but if you think of it, like, you know, her dad is, like, his, you know, Peter Parker's death in this universe was, like, a big moment that really kind of shapes Gwen and her dad. Mm -hmm. And how her, like, maybe, like, her dad is so obsessed with finding the killer of Peter Parker that he has the, the, you know, he supports, supports Peter, and that's why he has the the trans flag on him. He's mm-hmm. trans. No, her best friend in the entire world. So, so he, uh, Peter Parker was the trans kid that Gwen could not protect. So that's why she wants she she wears that. So yeah. I've heard that. You know, like, you know that that one that theory makes more sense. You know, to be honest, and changing spider gwen's origin but i mean they changed mouse's origin so you know anything is possible in the spider verse so yeah yeah 
in an infinite universe, all are true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point, Preferio. And I, it kind of is related to what I was just about to say. And that's historically speaking, in comics and movies, the Gwen Stacy character is pretty definit- definitively not trans. I mean, you're thinking of the original Stan Lee comics and, uh, you know, the Emma Stone portrayal in the Amazing Spider-Man movies and the Bryce Dallas Howard portrayal in Spider-Man 3. You know, pretty much there's no trace of, of you know, her being a trans character. So probably... I would say she's not a trans character in the Spider-Verse movies also. However, like you said, Preferio, anything is possible in the Spider-Verse, right? <laughs> it's There's an infinite possibility uh, uh, of, of variations, right? Yeah. So, cause, so like, I go back to what I just said earlier. Like, if you believe that she's a trans character, there's no definitive evidence that she's not right so believe it and if you don't yeah. believe it then there's no def- definitive proof that she is so there you go yeah <laughs> all right um what else okay here's one that we kind of talked about before we started recording um but there's something you talked about a plot hole preferio here's something that could be considered a plot hole okay uh-huh Here's the question. What Earth is the MCU? Okay. So they haven't, they hadn't labeled the MCU Earth until Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where Stephen Strange's friend, Christine, in an alternate universe, is a scientist who is a a multiverse expert mm-hmm. and she has deemed that the MCU universe MCU universe is called Earth 616 which as we know in the comics is the main continuity universe of Marvel mm-hmm. um so that was like kind of a cool moment for me I was like all right they're finally saying it this is the main continuity universe but Hold on, plot twist, curveball. In this movie, Across the Spider-Verse, Miguel O'Hara makes reference to Doctor Strange, the Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange, and the Tom Holland Spider-Man from No Way Home, and refers to their universe as, I wrote it down here, 199999 definitively not earth 616 so what (laughs) so (laughs) there's uh five nines okay one nine 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 (laughs) but definitely not 616 right so which is it what is going on here uh thoughts theories what do you guys think hmm Who's right? Is are, are either of them right? Is there a right answer? It's hard to say. I guess. I guess. Like, if you th- if there is an infinite universe, infinite amount of universes, 
it's almost like this this like citadel spider-man are on a, a much higher level of traversing the multiverse compared to um like what we the illuminati in doctor strange multiverse of madness so like uh i'm wondering if miguel just has a so a much greater you know universe uh knowledge of the universe that he they're like oh well there's th these numbers this is the ones we discovered versus 616 is a much smaller number so maybe um christine only as knowledge you know only as knowledge is of say like maybe a thousand at one given time mm. and that's how they numbered them mm -hmm. so uh it's just a thought that and they just haven't crossed over with their naming schemes yet so i guess mm -hmm. there, oh there's no definitive ah, yes. one i guess that's my hand wavy thing <laughs> my my answer is ask king with the answer <laughs> yeah. he would know he, he knows, knows. <laughs> Perhaps a recast mm -hmm. Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of like uh, what you're alluding to, Christian, that they are referring to the same universe, but they're just giving it a different name because they don't have the same numbering system, right? What Miguel is referring to with 199999 is actually the same universe that Christine is talking about with Earth 616. That's what I think. Um, this whole uh, infinite possibilities thing, I don't really like that theory because then the Easter egg of Miguel O'Hara saying uh, Doctor Strange and that nerdy guy um, would not be referring to No Way Home, right? I like the idea that he is referring directly to no way home um the fact that he's calling it a different earth in my mind oh yeah it's the same one he just has a different numbering system <laughs> you know it's like different languages like you you name uh one language calls something one word mm -hmm. a different language calls it a different word right so we're talking about the same universe they just use a different numbering system uh that's what i'm going with <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So would it be would it be cleaner if they both referred to it as six one six? Yes, um, but yeah, I, there's a to me there's a, a pretty uh, acceptable answer, and that's they're using different numbering systems. So there you have it. Uh, so speaking of alternate universes, uh, there are there are a lot of them here. Uh, we talked about Mumbatton. That is Earth 5101. Uh, we saw Spider Gwen's home universe, which is Earth 65. And of course, Miles's home universe, 1610. Uh, there's also a Lego universe. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Earth 131222. Uh, the universe of of Venom of the Venom movies has a brief appearance. Earth six eight eight apparently. <laughs> so I don't know. W what do we think about all these universes? 
like okay uh maybe specifically we talked a little bit about the different art styles we talked about animation styles right there's there's some non-animation stuff going on in this movie there is live action stuff in this movie right there's um we see the convenience store lady from the venom movies right that's Mm -hmm. full live action she she meets well, I guess just, I guess I shouldn't say it's full because she meets the spot who is animated. So it's like kind of a Roger Rabbit thing going on where it's like part animated, part not. Um, how do we feel about like all, all the, the universes in this movie? It, it, the movie is called Across the Spider-Verse. So it's to be expected. We would see multiple multiple universes. But but how do we feel about all this stuff? It was I, I mean, I thought it was fun, you know, like what like in within the past two years we've seen like films where we go like across different multiverses you know we saw um the multiverse of madness dr strange you know where there's like that scene where dr strange and america go through like universes in like under a minute and then like and then christian you said earlier everything everywhere all at once where they go to again different universes. Like there's like a universe where like Jamie Lee Curtis has, you know, like hot dog fingers, or like they yeah. they talk as rocks, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's always pretty fun and creative when going to like these different kinds of um universes because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a fun factor getting to visit all these different universes. I think one that uh one little live action bit that had uh the crowd cheering was seeing Donald Glover as the prowler. Yes. Like that was something I don't think anyone any of us were really expecting. So no. I thought that was that was a great nod there. Yes. And I think everyone's been like, oh man, we got this. He's the Prowler in Homecoming. When are we going to see him don the suit? When are we going to see him become the Prowler? Mm-hmm. And so this is that moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, going off, oh, go ahead. Off yeah. that. I did really like the spot. Um, oh, yeah. I was just going to say I, I really like the spot in this movie. Um, I think he his... He's not really a Spider-Man villain that like anyone ever probably thinks about much, you know, for such a big budget movie, you'd expect like a big heavy hitter villain. Like the first one had like Dr. Octopus and the Green Goblin. And it, okay. we're like, this really just has this. I guess you you have Miguel O'Hara as your secondary, your secondary villain. Mm-hmm. But the spot, you know, played played by uh, Jason Schwartzman is such a the way they call him a villain of the week at the beginning and how he's like i'm not a villain of the week (laughs) yeah yeah it's great but you kind of see his power works really well with the animated format and he he just keeps growing it's it's like this like blob creature that just keeps expanding you know he keeps getting more and more powerful throughout the film until he becomes this massive multiversal threat towards the end and like you see there's like a really good shot of him where he looks very very menacing how he's about to and how he talks about when he's going to go kill um, Miles' dad 
So, and he himself is like a plot hole because he goes into other universes, he invades other people's stories. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, harnesses their power, you know. He changes their stories like a plot hole in a way. Yes. Yeah, interesting choice. I was not expecting the spot to be the main villain of the trilogy, right? It seems like he is. It really seems like he is. Um, I thought he would be like a secondary villain of this movie at best, but uh, he's much more than that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, some random stuff here. Uh, you mentioned the Donald Glover cameo, Christian. I really dug that as well. Uh, I love the fact that J.K. Simmons is always the voice of J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Like in any universe, right? It's always him. <laughs> it's him in the Sam Raimi movies. It's him in No Way Home and Far From Home. It's him in multiple universes in this movie as well. So just awesome. I love it so much. He's just the perfect J. Jonah Jameson. And um, everyone knows it. And they just used him really well here. Um, what else? Oh, there is a nice payoff. Um, as I've said, I really love the original Into the Spider-Verse. Um, any problems I had with it were very minor. One of the minor problems that I had was that, um, the character Genki Lee does not have a single line of dialogue uh -huh. in the entire movie. And, um, if you've read Miles Morales comics, you know that Genki Lee is a very significant character. He's his best friend. If anything, he talks too much. He talk he's talking all the time, right? And um he he's just he's like a sidekick. And um yeah, I was kind of peeved that he didn't have a single line of dialogue in the first movie. Uh he finally gets to speak in this movie, which is great. Not a lot, but um he does have some dialogue and it's pretty cool uh that he says um i'm not your guy in the chair so it's kind of a jab at ned in the tom mm -hmm. holland movies yeah. um, because uh, this is pretty cool because there's there's so much like um meta shit going on here because ned is basically uh, a uh, was like a ripoff of ganky lee from the comics basically they wanted to create ned for peter parker people were super confused because they're like wait a minute this is peter parker not miles morales so why is there a totally uh genki lee type character in these movies and they're calling him ned it's like super confusing so and then in the comics they even started to like make reference like his nickname is like ned or something it's it's just like it's like an ongoing joke right so um they continue the joke in this movie by him saying like i'm not your guy in the chair so mm -hmm. it's just kind of a fun thing um so i was satisfied like okay i finally got my little ganky lee payoff there he finally gets to talk and it looks like um there'll probably be, probably be some more of them in the next movie um so hey you know a uh, next topic might be kind of good to cover um 
so I was glad that Genki Lee was in the movie and he got to t- got to talk. And there were a lot of Spider-Man characters in this movie. A lot. Arguably too, ma- too much, right? Um, but were there any characters that weren't in the movie that you were hoping to see? Or were there costumes you're hoping to see that didn't show up? Any villains you didn't see? You wanted to see anything along those lines? Thoughts? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I wanted to see um uh the Spider-Man from the 90s animated show. Mm. Mm. Yes. But but he was or he had already confirmed prior to the release of this movie that he wasn't going to be in it. So mm. But I was like, you know, you know, like people actors say things cuz they can't say <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Uh, Andrew yeah. Garfield, how many times did he deny saying that he was in No Way Home? You know, yeah. Um, that one and um, uh, Silk. I really kind of want oh, to yeah. see her in it. That's right. Uh huh. Um, I I saw Spider Woman Ar- Aranya. I saw her. I was just disappointed she didn't get any speaking lines. Mm-hmm. Um. Jessica Drew, I wanted to see more of her, more fighting. I I understood, like, you know, she was, they took the storyline where when she was pregnant, you know, because I feel like that's, like, a more recent, well-known Spider-Woman storyline. Mm-hmm. But I wish she wasn't. This was she could like, kick ass, you know, but... Yeah. Um, I feel like there was one more other spider person I'm missing, but what about you, Christian? Hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was just to say, it's funny that you mentioned um, the 90s animated Spider-Man, because that was where the, the Spider-Verse idea came from, was from the animated Spider-Man, the animated series. Yeah. With, like, the final arc, so mm-hmm. they showed, like, spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, I thought that was cool, and, like, the yep. there's a the little bit with the 60s Spider-Man Yep. Where you get like a little bit of the old theme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it would have been nice to see the classic 90s animated Spider-Man. The one we all grew up with, you know? Yeah. Um, I also think another one I would have loved to see but didn't see was Superior Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock is Spider-Man. I think that would that would be a really cool addition. And reading the Spider Verse comics, like he's like kind of front and center, yeah, or like uh, you know, the, like a good part of it. So, like it would be nice to see to see him like finally on the big screen. Cool, good picks. Uh, a couple more for you. Um, one I'm kind of partial to is the Manga Verse Spider Man. Did not appear in this movie. There was some speculation he might appear. He did not. Um, yeah, kind of a cool look. He's, he's sort of like a ninja-looking Spider-Man. Um, and there's one I was really surprised not to see, and that's the Japanese Spider-Man, Supaidaman. Um, I thought he was all but confirmed for this movie, but he's not in it, at least not in any significant way. Maybe he's in the background or something, but I didn't see him at all. So that was uh, very surprising. 
and yeah, a little disappointing. Is he the um, Spider-Man yeah. who who has the like big like Power Rangers robot? Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and another slight disappointment. Um, this is going back to Into the Spider Verse, actually. Yeah, like my my two nitpicky things about Into the Spider Verse were no speaking lines for Genki, and there's that scene where they go into um Peter Parker's lair, right? Not Peter B. Parker, Peter A. Parker's lair, right? And he's got all these vehicles and spider suits, right? It's, it's almost like a hall of armor, right? Kind of thing. And I was like, where's the black suit, right? The symbiote Spider-Man suit. That was like a glaring omission, I think, because that's one of my favorites of all time. And I'm not the only one. That that, that suit is, is very uh, beloved, you know? Um, so I thought, hey, they gotta include it in the sequel, right? Still haven't seen it. <laughs> so what the heck? I mean, I gotta think it's too associated to Venom now, and that's why they haven't done it. But dude, bring bring on the symbiote suit, man. I wanna see it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the only thing I would say, Henry. I think that suit is just way too associated with Venom. Yeah. That I don't think we would see that in the Spider-Verse films. Yeah. Uh, just I mean in a movie where we see 280 spider people. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. give me a Not shot. Not the most of iconic alternative. It really is. It's uh it, it really is beloved. Like I, I don't know if you remember Perfrio when we went to the Spider-Man Museum exhibit in San Diego. Mm-hmm. There was like a section about the black suit and some of the mythology behind it and how much it's just like a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, that was cool to see because I'm like, yeah, I'm not the only one. People love it. <laughs> um, so, you know, maybe they're saving it, you know, like the Secret Wars kind of thing. You know, we'll see. Um, but I, I was like, dude, where is the black suit? Anyhow. Um, other random thoughts. Uh, speaking of J. Jonah Jameson, uh, we were talking a little earlier before we started recording about um, stuff that I caught on second viewing. I have seen this movie twice. Um, it, it was hard even a second time to like catch stuff because there's just so much coming at you. Um, but an interesting little Easter egg I noticed at the end of the movie on Earth 42 J. Jonah Jameson is doing a news report and you hear him make reference to the Sinister Six. So uh, I don't think the words Sinister Sinister Six have ever come up in a theatrical Spider-Man movie until now. So that was kind of exciting to hear. And it made me think, oh, shit, in, in a world where there is no Spider-Man, the Sinister Six exists. Man, this Earth is fucked, man. <laughs> so that just came to mind. But anyhow, pretty cool to, to hear that, especially uh, coming out of the mouth of none other than J. Jonah Jameson. All right. Any other random thoughts for 
across the Spider-Verse before we get into our uh, ratings? I I read that there was like a I, I let's see if you guys know what I'm talking about that but there's like a uh Morbius Easter egg. Really? <laughs> I definitely didn't catch that. It's when cuz you know how like I guess like uh Spider-Man 2099 has like you know those like claws whatever. Yeah. I I think like Miles makes a remark saying like oh are you like a vampire like oh spider-man yeah. like mm-hmm. that like who would like that's a movie to watch you know i paid good money to watch that <laughs> and so i heard i was reading i think somewhere that like i think the producers added that to kind of like throw shade for when they made like when sony made like the morbius movie that like you know that was basically like a box office bomb you know mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fun especially because that movie came out like what last year so I did think like oh we gotta add a jab in at this <laughs> we like we gotta take the piss out of Morbius a little more <laughs> alright shall we move on to our ratings let's do it all right. You want to do the honors, Henry? This was your pick of the year. Sure. I'll start it off. So, okay. Where to begin here? So, as I've said multiple times now, Into the Spider-Verse is one of my all-time favorites. And, you know, going into this one, I was highly anticipating it, very much looking forward to it. But I was like... There's no way that it's going to eclipse the first movie. So as much as I was excited about this one, I was just like tempering my expectations. And um, and, you know, as I was watching it, I was like, this is kind of following the playbook that I was kind of expecting that. It was a really enjoyable movie and um, brought on some new stuff that we didn't see in Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but ultimately just wasn't quite the same, wasn't as fresh a feeling, right? Um, so I was feeling like you know, for the majority of the movie, like it's like it's it's like it's a worthy successor, but it's just not it's not the same. So whereas like I would do like a five out of five for Into the Spider-Verse, this was very much feeling like a four out of five. Really cool shit. Like we've talked about a lot of things we enjoyed about this flick and um, that there's there it has a lot going for it, you know, like. Um, I I keep thinking about what Miles says, you know, to Miguel O'Hara at the top of that train, and just I'm like, fuck yeah, they nailed the Miles Morales character there. Um, a lot of great moments. Spider Punk is awesome. Um, a lot of cool shit. Um, so I was feeling pretty good 
until we got hit with that cliffhanger. And um, man, that threw me for a loop. And I've already gotten into it, but I'm still kind of processing it. I'm like, dude, this just this is not a complete movie. So, okay. I want to talk a little bit about how a lot of people consume movies and TV these days. And that's through streaming services, right? We're watching the majority of TV and movies through Netflix and Max and Disney Plus and what have you, right? On TV. And we're so used to doing the things we talked about earlier. We can press the pause button. We can hit the subtitles if we need to, right? And it's just a different experience than going to a movie theater. And uh, oftentimes with streaming services, you can binge stuff, right? You can watch an entire season of a show back to back to back to back, right? Um, even movie trilogies, right? Maybe it's already all out. You can watch all that shit, you know? Um, yeah, we talked about uh, Infinity War and Endgame. You don't have to wait a year to watch Endgame right now. You can watch Infinity War, Infinity War boom, right into Endgame, right? Um, so that's cool. You can do that at home. But when you're in a the movie theater, you can't do that, right? So you can't skip to the next movie. So it made this cliffhanger that much more frustrating. Like I wanted to grab the remote control and go continue watching, right? Yeah, I couldn't do it. And it was just, uh, it was painful. So it's painful in the moment. But then I just, you know, I kind of regrouped and thought about it. And, you know, it's like, okay, maybe I'm just overreacting here. I just want to watch that movie so bad, that part three so bad um but then now i'm like no 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 it's justified because i i don't like the idea of this movie not being a standalone movie but it 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 bothers me that you can't watch this standalone i think it should be uh a standalone movie it has a theatrical release we're not watching a tv series we're not watching something made for streaming. This was made for the theaters, right? So it shouldn't be like that. It should be standalone. You took away part one from the title. It's got to be standalone. Give me that. Uh, so th that cliffhanger thing uh, hurt me so bad. It knocked my rating down a full point. <laughs> From a four to a three. So I'm going with three out of five for this movie, which I will note is still a recommendation. I hope everyone sees this movie. There's so much awesomeness in it. Um, but it must be said that um, one, it's not into the Spider-Verse. Uh, which I think is the far superior movie. And two, there is a cliffhanger that I have to give the warning. It's really hard to swallow. It's really tough to 
to take that. Um, so yeah, three out of five. Who's next? I'll go next. Wow, right. three out of five. So, like, I see what you mean, though, how it really doesn't feel like we're watching a complete movie. It just feels like we're watching half a movie. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do feel like whatever letter or whatever number grade I give it is uh, there's going to be there's a big asterisk by it. You know, there's a big like, well, it's also depending on what happens in the next movie. Because that's the big payoff for all the setup in this movie. And the movie spends a lot of time on setup. And so, like, I do think uh, there's some a, a bit of a, some of the emotional arcs are resolved here. The big one, of course, is Gwen. I think uh, Gwen was really great in this. And I really loved her final talk with her dad. And how he's... A, He's Captain Stacy, but instead of dying, we might see it, but he resigns. He's no mm -hmm. longer the captain. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's almost like a nice little aha moment of like, oh, maybe there's hope. Um, but I guess back to my little my little wrap up. I think that I I do want to really give it a five. I think that um, I like the first one movie, the first movie better. I think just as its own complete package as a movie, the first one just it's paced so well, everything flows perfectly. And there's a lot of great, it's groundbreaking in so many ways. Like the first one as its own piece of media is fantastic. Whereas this one really needs that other one to really, to really shine. I think, even though I think uh, it's all great. I, I really liked it. And I think my problems maybe with the first act as one large movie will dissolve a bit. And I think this movie has everything that makes Spider-Man great. Even like, even though I think, and I think it's great to see Spider-Man divorced from Peter Parker as well, even though he's only like Peter B. Parker's only in it for a few minutes and all the spider people you focus on aren't named Peter Parker. And I think that allows their stories to really grow, really allows them to be different. But you also get to see the funny, the, the ways that they kind of fit into this Peter Parker canon um, with certain life events. I think it plays with the multiverse idea very, very well. And so I really want to give it the five out of five. I think the first one's a five out of five. This almost gets there, but I think with what's going to happen with the next one, we are witnessing what could be like the greatest superhero trilogy of all time. Where each film is amazing. Each film is a total banger. So five out of five starred, I think. Mm -hmm depending on what the next one could be, could bring it down <laughs> to a four. So, you know, I'm five out of five, four out of five, somewhere in there. Uh, I'm really not sure to be I continued. Mean, you're, 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 a great take, but uh, you're almost like um, backing up my argument about mm -hmm. this not being a complete movie because we it's almost like we can't even rate this movie because we have to see the next movie before we give it a rating, right? Because... It's just not a complete story, but okay. Let me get off my rant here. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Prefurio. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, going 
off both of what what both of you guys said. Like Into the Spider Verse for me, as a huge Spider Man fan, I could say is like the best Spider Man film. You know, cartoon or live action. Um, it it just reigns up there. It's just even like top superhero films. You know, so going to this. I didn't know if this movie was gonna like live up to those, to like those like be able to loot the first film, and you know like there was so many big pluses that we had with this movie like the animation and different Spider people and the storyline and what it means the spirit of what it means to be Spider Man you know, um but like both of you guys said like the ending just kind of makes this story feel incomplete and like christian you said earlier like with like um infinity war and uh the empire strikes back like you go watch those films by itself without having to watch the next one and you can still be like i'm satisfied i got a complete story with this one it's like there's still like a story that never had that hasn't closed its chapter yet so um just because of that reason i yeah i can't give it a complete five out of five i give it a four out of five but i mean like this movie deserves oscars for its animation and its sound and screenwriting and all that kind of stuff like this is just one of the better films of the year. Um, but unfortunately, just that small ending that it just makes it an incomplete storyline. You cannot watch this by itself. You would have to watch the next one with it. So that's why it marks it also down a point with me. Right on. There you have it. Recommendations across the board. Though certainly some uh, caveats in there. Okay, so as we've been doing, I'm going to give a comics recommendation. So I was thinking a little bit about how maybe I'm overreacting over about this whole cliffhanger thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm still processing it. Um, but I was just thinking that cliffhangers are a big part of comic books, right? Comic books have cliffhangers like crazy, right? So um, maybe the Spider-Verse uh, trilogy is just kind of going along with that, you know, going along with what comic books do. And speaking of comic books, I do have a Spider-Man related recommendation, and that is Spider-Men. So Spider-Men of 2012 this is the first series there have actually been two spider-man series the second one's pretty good but uh, i think the first one is really the one to check out came out in 2012 uh five issue series uh brian michael bendis is the writer and sarah sarah pacelli is the artist and yes they are the creators of miles morales so a uh, great creative team here and this is a series where Miles Morales first meets Peter Parker. In fact, this is the first time Earth 616 crossed over with 1610. This is the first time it happened 
in comics. Like uh, I know issue one, there's um, some collectability with uh, Spider-Man issue one because yeah, it's the first time Miles meets Peter. But a, a little, little bonus thing is yeah, that the first universe crossover too. So um, there's definitely a few notable things going on here. Uh, but yeah, it's a really cool series. And I would say too that uh, the movie we've been talking about a lot on this episode, Into the Spider-Verse, was definitely influenced by this series. Um, when Miles first meets Peter in this series, there's definitely shades of that in Into the Spider-Verse where um, Miles meets... Uh, both Peter Parkers in uh, that movie. Yeah. So high, high recommendation for Spider-Man. Go check it out. I know, uh, Perferio, you just, you just picked this one up. So mm -hmm. uh, enjoy when you get around to reading it. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Christian, and Perferio.